Hello, and welcome to another episode of the geek to me podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Libby. This week, we are going to talk about the consoles, handhelds, and the games we played when we were kids. We kept it to our middle school era and lower. I'm talking hand-me-down consoles like my parents' Atari up to our Nintendo DSs. Let's Let's geek geek out. out. First up, we're going to talk about our segment, Have You Read It? Found a uh, tattoo on Reddit. I will post on the page, on the Facebook page and Twitter. But it is this magnificent sleeve tattoo with this face. And it's a clock and it's got like planets and everything else. It swirls around his elbow. That is beautiful. I could just stare at it for hours. It's like a minute long video just about 58 seconds almost a minute but i could just stare at that forever that is gorgeous and it's only taken 48 hours so far yeah he says uh what this is i can't say that xbl underscore tough right mm-hmm. in uh our tattoo designs and tattoo artist evan olin Cranston, Rhode Island, says um, his sleeve has taken 48 hours. And this is like right after one of the sessions. Yeah, I don't think I would have the patience to sit through something like that, as gorgeous as it is. I found something interesting this week that I didn't know. I'm not sure if you knew. Um, As most of you know, Avengers Endgame came out on Friday. It is the last movie in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I do have to confess, we are bad geeks right now because we haven't seen it yet because we haven't caught up on all our Marvel movies. We are still stuck at Infinity War. We haven't finished that yet. Yeah, and I fell asleep during... Which movie was it? Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. So, have I seen the end of it yet? You don't need to. Okay. Honestly, it's it's a Marvel movie. You kind of know how it turns out. Okay. Well, you don't. You you like DC. I do. So I'm, I'm a DC you're, fan. You're biased. I like Marvel. But would you believe that there's a possibility? There once was a possibility that Marvel would not have made these movies at all, because back in the '90s, Sony had the chance to buy out all of Marvel's movie rights. Oh, my PlayStation buddies. Mm. For thirty million dollars, they could have had the rights to all of the Marvel characters but instead opted to only take Spider-Man's rights for $7 million, saying that nobody cared about the rest of those characters. (laughs) (laughs) They are eating their foot right now. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of crow. Um, But you got to remember, too, do you remember any of the the 90s Marvel movies, attempts at movies, like the Blade movies and some of those? Blade? Yeah. Like, Blade Blade? Yeah. I've seen it. My mom used to watch it all the time, and I would just kind of catch it. (laughs) Yeah. Those, a lot of people don't give them enough credit, but those were the original Marvel movies, but they did not perform as well. Yeah, they did not perform as well, and so a lot of studios saw comic book movies as not worth the time and money, and so Marvel got a lot of those rights back. I liked Blade. I mean, I didn't sit through it myself. I sat through it while my mom watched it, and I just happened to be in the room, but 
I did like them, what I saw. Yeah. So all of this, all that billion dollars that Marvel's made and the Disney merger and all that, it's all thanks to Wesley Snipes. So shout out to you, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> like we said at the top of the show, this episode is all about the games and the consoles that we played as kids. Both of us have been pretty big gamers for most of our lives. Libby, when did you start? What was what were the first consoles you had? Well, I I don't know when I got them, but I started off with a Atari and Sega Genesis. Both of those were hand-me-downs. The Atari was my mom and dad's, and then the Sega Genesis was my cousin Chad's. And I only had like three games for the Sega Genesis, and I don't remember the other two games. I know one of them didn't work, one of them was too complicated, and the other one was Sonic. Yeah. And I I talked about that in the first episode, but I played that one all the time. And then I also played the Atari every so often when I could get my mom to hook it up to the TV. But um, I played Pong and all, all of the traditional Atari games I had. Because I had, there was like this like wooden, fake wooden panel thingy yeah. that had all the cartridges yeah. in it. And it was filled and then there was another box, like a shoe box full of games. So I had a bunch of games to pick from and I had like little turn thingy with the red button and then I had the joystick with the red button and I had two of each so I could play any game with multiple people but I just played a few of them by myself a lot yeah so a lot of single player gaming I did the same thing yeah I did too my first one the first one I ever really remember playing was my brother's Super Nintendo he had an original NES, and I remember seeing it. And I remember playing it once or twice, but not getting into it that much. I was, I mean, I was maybe five or six years old, so I didn't fully understand it. It's one of those that yet. was cool to look at, but you didn't know how to push the buttons. Right, and there was newer technology at that point with the Super Nintendo being out. So that's what I learned. And I remember watching my brother play a lot and wanting to play. And that's kind of how I got my own because this is back in the day when not all games had multiple save points. That instead it was all just one story. And I want to say it was one of the Final Fantasy games that my brother had been playing and I wanted to play. And so I asked if I could. He told me no. So I did the smart thing that any seven-year-old would do. I waited until he wasn't home and started it up myself and unknowingly deleted his entire game. Um, so needless to say, he was not happy when he came home and found out. And so that Christmas I had my own Super Nintendo, so we wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. Way to go. <laughs> Way to ensure that you get your own. Yeah. And then after that, my first official console that was mine was my PlayStation. And I got that shortly after, um, it was like after second grade, I know, because that's when I met my friend Jessica, and that's when I would go over to her house all the time and we'd play her brothers. And then playing her brothers... I then wanted mine, and I think 
it had to have been for like my eighth birthday, I guess, that I got it, but I don't totally know that that's when I got it. But I played that a lot as a kid, like elementary school kid. And so about the time that you got a PlayStation is right around the time I got a Nintendo 64. Because I never got into PlayStation. I was PlayStation was just a thing that existed to me. It just never caught my interest. I was still... Nintendo was gaming to me at that point. Everything else was just second rate. Yeah, I had... My cousin... I think he had a Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And I played it with him. But I never had one myself. Because I essentially had already jumped to the next console, which was the PlayStation. So I never worried about moving backwards. That and he had a bunch of Scooby-Doo games that I didn't care about because I didn't like Scooby-Doo. I'm sorry. So in addition to the PlayStation, I also had a Game Boy Color, uh, PlayStation 2... Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Advance SP and a Nintendo DS. Oh, that's a lot. Um, it does sound like a lot, but I never had a whole lot of games for any of them. The most I had was for the PlayStation 2, but I, I would basically focus on five or six games, and I was quite happy playing those five or six games. I think I got the Game Boy Color... For my birthday one year. I don't remember when. I know I got the PlayStation 2 for my 11th birthday. And I can't tell you when I got the Game Boy Advance. Or the Advance SP. Hmm. But then I also had the Nintendo DS. And I know I got that for my birthday. I do not remember what year. Hmm. I had a Game Boy Advance 2. But yeah, same thing. I don't remember when I got it. I know I got my DS on my birthday. I couldn't tell you what year. And then I had a Game Boy Color that I maybe had one or two games for because we found it in the back of a rental car. It was in the pouch. My mom was having her car worked on and the rental car had those pouches on the back of the front seats. So I was sitting in the back and just stuck my hand in there to see if there was anything cool. And there was a green Game Boy Color in there. The only thing missing was the door of the battery compartment. It wasn't there, but the batteries were still in and it worked. And I asked if we had to give it back and the company said, no, it's yours. Congratulations. So I got a free Game Boy. That's nice. I wish I had more games for it, but it was just kind of a cool free thing. That is really cool. Do we want to move on to the games we played? I think the first game... I cannot remember for sure the first video game I ever played. I know the first one that I ever had that was mine was Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo because it came with the console. So that was 94. That was 25 years ago. And in 25 years, I've never beaten that game. See... My cousin had it, but he had it for the Game Boy. So that was the only way I ever got to play Donkey Kong. 
I loved playing it. Anytime he came into town, I'd be like, do you have your Game Boy? Let's play Donkey Kong. I couldn't play it for shit. <laughs> but... <laughs> Those things are hard. I love the game. I have it now on my uh, 2DS, yeah. but I still haven't played it a whole lot. It's a ton of fun, but I mean, it's ridiculously hard at some points. A lot of those games back then were, which is funny because they were designed for children. Yeah, it's it's insane. They talk about how hard games are now, stuff like Dark Souls and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice and Cuphead. It's like, yeah, but those games are made for hardcore gamers as a challenge. 20 years ago, these games were made for kids and yeah. had cartoon characters and were supposed to be you know, fun time waster and they were nerve-wracking. Get out. I did not I did not have that many Super Nintendo games that were mine. And most of those I got from my brother. So the first Mortal Kombat game. We just had the eleventh one come out. And I mean I remember when the first one came out. I remember it was a big deal that it was on console. Because I remember seeing it in arcades before and I remember just in passing, my mom would be watching the news and there would be a little blurb that would pop up about, oh, it's a dangerous game and it's teaching kids to be violent. <laughs> I know, and so all you can think of is, I have to play this. I have to play this. And so my brother had the first three and when he was done with them, I got to play them and I was decent at them, but I could not do the fatalities to save my life because it was... You know, for a seven-year-old to try to figure out a combo of up, up, down, down, B, A, B, A, left, right, up, down, kick, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And nine times out of ten, I would do the combination as quick as I possibly could, and I would just end up punching the guy in the knee, and he would fall <laughs> over. I was like, okay, close enough. I'll take it. That's close enough. Yeah, the only Mortal Kombat I ever played was in the stands. Mm. <laughs> in marching band. Yeah, slightly different. The only level I liked was there was a level, it was the pit level, where you were fighting over a giant pit of spikes and you could actually do a fatality in that, that once it became time to finish them, you could just do an uppercut and they'd fly up and land on the spikes and that was a fatality. So I liked that one. I could do that. Yeah. But other than that, I couldn't. Um, there, was just, there were a lot of games back then I never finished. I did beat A Link to the Past. That was the first Legend of Zelda game I ever and it's I, I can't say it's the best because it's, there's just so much to choose from, but it definitely holds a special place. Yeah, it's the one that I can I can still see in my head. I can play through it in my head. I, I know every level. I know every boss. Yeah, I didn't play any Zelda games until recently because I didn't have those consoles. Because I had PlayStation, PlayStation Two. I had like Game Boys and stuff, but I didn't stick to Nintendo specific or anything remotely close to that. I played weird games. Yeah. That I liked like Mar well, I liked Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, and then I had Spyro. Spyro is my jam. I played an ungodly amount of Spyro. Spyro, Spyro's Ripter's Rage, Crash Bandicoot, and then Twisted Metal that I couldn't remember from the first episode. <laughs> I played Twisted Metal with my friend. 
But uh, I the only game that I remember playing, or the only three games that I played a whole bunch was Spyro, Spyro Ripto's Rage, and the Crash Bandicoot Warped. And I played Warped more than anything because I... <laughs> I didn't always have the little cartridge where the where you could have the save files. Mm. I didn't get that immediately. So I had games that could be saved. I just couldn't save them. So <laughs> I had to play it. I either just didn't turn the console off and just had to let it sit there. Or I had to learn how to play it really, really fast <laughs> and be really, really good at it. So I got really, really good at Crash Bandicoot Warped. Really, really good. To the point where I could probably play from beginning to end and beat it in one day. Wow. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've ever beaten a game in one day. That's probably the only video game I could do that in. No, no. I I did um, what's that one game? It's a PS3 game though. Beyond Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. I can I can play that in ten hours. Mm. <laughs> Only because it told me that I could play it in ten hours. Is that a selling point? <laughs> hey, this game is super short. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, but anyways, that's a newer game. That's a different episode. Yeah, that's for that's for part two. This is part one. So your main exposure to video games was a PlayStation. So you got some added benefits. So you're a little bit spoiled when it comes to gaming. You don't remember some of the hardships of the old eight bit and sixteen thirty two bit eras. I mean, not so much. I mean, I had the Game Boy Advance or not Game Boy Advance. I had the Game Boy Color. So I played some of those games because on my Game Boy Color I had. Pokemon Red, and then was it Pokemon Yellow? It was the one with Pikachu. That was Yellow. Mm. So I had that one. Every time people talk about it, they're like, they say Red or Blue. I'm like, but what about Yellow? They're like, we didn't have Yellow. <laughs> I had Yellow. <laughs> yeah. So I had Yellow and I had Red, and then I had Super Mario Brothers. And those are the three games that I played. I had other games, or I had a racing game. That I would play. I do not remember the name of it. So those, that was about it. It was a motorcycle racing game. You could customize your bike and everything. And I took that on a trip with my grandmother and my cousin. And after my cousin got his Game Boy Advance stolen. (laughs) Because he left the car door open while we were at a water park. Mm -hmm. uh, My Game Boy Color was all we had as far as gaming entertainment. <laughs> so we would fight back and forth play Super Mario. <laughs> so. Wow. Also, that thing lived through being dumped in a cooler of ice. Really? He dumped it in the cooler. <laughs> Jeez, those old consoles are pretty sturdy. It still works. It's I like- still have it. It still works. It still plays. My Super Nintendo still works. 25 years old, and it is still alive and kicking. It's That's a little insane. dingy, but... But you were talking about the Mario games, and I I think that's a lot of kids' first introduction into gaming, almost. It's a very... 
It's an easy side scroller. It's a, oh, it's, I say easy. Well, it's a simple layout. It's a yeah. very easy introduction of this button is jump, this one is punch or whatever. And I played a lot of them, I just, and I liked them. They were just never my favorites. Oh, I cheated. How dare you? It, if you don't know how to cheat on Super Mario Brothers, play through the first round, which is the day the day round and then you go to the is it the dungeon or whatever it's not a dungeon it, you're just like you're underground right yeah, you're so you go through and you come to this part like you jump over and it has the little brick things you jump over those and there's like mushrooms and stuff and turtles and all that fun stuff kill those off go away and then there's like this little L thing and then this other little cliff thing. I would jump up to that little L part. Gen- like I'd have to be big. You have to be big. You can't be the little dude. So you have to be careful and not accidentally get shrunk. But you have to be the big guy. And I'd go up, jump up on that little L part uh, and jam the bricks up at the top. Jump up to that top part. And then run across the top. And then those lift things, there's two of those lifts. So you could actually wait till you get to the lift part. I didn't wait. So you get to the lift part, go past the two lift parts, and just keep running. And there's not another part to get to the... There's not any other breaks after those two lifts. Run all the way to the end. It takes you to where it shows you... You can jump to level two. Or, like, yeah, level two three or four so i would jump straight to level four (laughs) so i never played two through two to four so you missed out though i did eventually end up playing them just for shits and giggles but i did most of the time and still do skip to the end (laughs) and i've gotten all the way to level nine thank you very much I would do. I never cheated on games like that. The closest I would do was if my brother had beaten a game, I would go back and play his and just play the ending. Yeah. So before I ever beat Ocarina of Time, I just went through his saves and played the final Ganon battle over and over and over and over again till I had that down pat. And so by the time I went through and played the game on my own, the other bosses were infinitely harder. The Water Temple Shadow Link boss in Ocarina of Time is still a pain in the neck. The Water Temple in general in that game. For anybody that's ever played the remake versus the original, the remake, the remastered edition, they fixed some of the glitches. But there was a glitch in the original that you could get stuck in the temple. Because you have to raise and lower water levels in the water temple to get to certain areas. But you have to do it in a specific order. And there was a way that you could get stuck and run out of keys. And the only way out of it was you had to start the whole level all over again. That would just make me want to cry. Yeah. That wasn't a bug, though. That was a feature, apparently. (laughs) The games were made to be hard. Yick, yick, yick. Yeah, I don't go too far in those types of games. <laughs> Ripto's Rage was probably my favorite of the Spyro games. Now, I like the original Spyro, but Ripto's Rage was... It had a lot of more playthrough value, or replay value, mm-hmm. I should say. 
because it was set up where you go to different worlds, but you you would be in a world, and then you'd have these portals to go to these other worlds. So you could go through, play through the world, and you would get a talisman. But then there were also other things you could get, and other things to collect. So you'd play through, get the talisman, leave, and then maybe you had to have, like, the some special ability that you don't get till two other levels from where you're at now. So then it's like, oh, I can't fulfill this quest. So now I have to go get this power. But first I have to get all these gems. So you get all these gems and then you go to the thing to buy the power. And then you have to go back to the other world. (laughs) And finally you can complete this quest. And it was insane, but it was so much fun I can't I have memorized every single world in this place. So I know where everything is. So when it got uh remastered and it came out in the 3 yeah, the, the trilogy three, pack. the trilogy pack. Oh man. I I love what they've done. I love it. 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 Yeah. Cuz that was that was my first introduction into the series. Again, I'd never played any of. It. I knew other people that had PlayStations and PlayStation 2s, but it I didn't know them well enough to go actually play it. Oh man, I, I can't, I can't say I love it enough. <laughs> I loved Ripto's Rage specifically, and I got to play the third one, which I had never played before. Which that one's really cool too. So I'm, I'm glad I finally got to play that one, <laughs> and I still haven't like completed it <laughs> even now. Although I have gotten in the first one, I got further than I ever have before. So that's something. But I still haven't beat it. <laughs> you were talking about using cheat codes in games earlier. You never had to use a code to get to to save the game, did you? I had a game, but this was a Game Boy Advance game. It was The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. They used the codes. Okay. I gave that to Caleb, my brother, and then he lost it. Aww. He left it. I think that was one of the games that got left in his DS bag, and it got left at Olive Garden. Mm. And got out to the car, realized we didn't have it, walked back in. Servers had no clue. They just played dumb. So they just, they stole a kid's game, but. Well, that was nice of them. Oh, fantastic. Just love them. I I know it happened on a lot of games, but the one that sticks out to me was they made a game for the Super Nintendo, and it was based on the Batman, the animated series cartoon, which to me, and we'll get into this in another episode, is still the best Batman. More so than Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, all those. Kevin Conroy, animated Batman, is still the best Batman. And I loved that game. I loved that game to the extent that years later, I think right around the time maybe that the 360 and the PS3 were coming out, I had one, 
But I still loved my Super Nintendo so much that I went and found the game on eBay and bought a copy just to have it <laughs> home. But I remember that. I remember you would beat a boss, and after you beat it, it would give you a code that you would then have to type in. So if you wanted to come back to that level later on, you didn't have a save button. You had to remember that code. And if you forgot it, God help you because you weren't getting it back. And they used to do that same thing in arcades, too. I remember machines doing that. So that if you got to go to you know, the arcade or pizza places had a lot. I remember when I was a kid, my brothers told me when he was a kid, too, going to get pizza and they would have you know, Pac-Man games and Frogger and a lot of those set up. And same thing, that you could come back and play the next week if you could remember the code. You remember it that place. I don't remember what it's called now, but it's it used to be White Castle. Mm-hmm. Before at one point in time when I was like 8, it was a pizza place. Yeah, it was Pizza Inn. Yeah. It was a Pizza Inn. And it had it had arcade games and I remember playing those, but I just played um Pac-Man. Oh, God. <laughs> Pac-Man, I think, is also one of the very few games that's universal. That even if you don't play video games, even if you've never played a console, an Xbox, a Nintendo, anything, at some point or other in your life, you have played or have watched somebody play Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows it. What was that video we watched the other day where they had dubbed over... And the guy was just going, nom, 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 And we watched another one of, it was the React channel on YouTube. and That's what it was. It was parents bringing out video games to show their kids. No, that wasn't it. But that that is, we did watch that. And seeing if they remembered which ones. And when Pac-Man came out, every single one of them. And these kids are elementary school age, but they all still know Pac-Man. Which, I mean, that says something about the staying power of the game. I thought they were older than that. No, not all of them. Oh. Well, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> to be fair, I think I played more arcade games at my orthodontist than in the actual arcade. Because the mall near us has one, has an arcade that I distinctly remember. But I, at that point, like I was still young enough that I was playing the ticket games. Yeah. That if I was given $5 to go in and spend, it was going to be spent on something that I could get something out of. I wasn't going to go pile a bunch of quarters into something that I wasn't going to get anything. So I missed out on some of that, but I remember my orthodontist that I went to for years. He had Pac-Man, he had Asteroid, he had Qbert. Oh, and I had Qbert as I, one of those little oh, tiny consoles. I still have it. And it has a little joystick. Little joystick. That thing was addictive. That was addictive. The little hopping sound. Oh yeah. You just sit there going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just to get to do that. Oh, uh, I, I love Qbert. I, I have to pull that out sometime. I, I have to find it. I don't know where it's at. But yeah, I, I have the little, it, it folds open, and then it has a little um, joystick that you like click in. I broke it, but oh. <laughs> I don't know what why it broke. And I tried to super glue it back together, but it didn't work. <laughs> We were talking about Mortal Kombat earlier, but the Super Nintendo also introduced one of the other great fighting games, one of the 
grandfathers of the fighting genre and Street Fighter 2. And you never got to play that one either, did Mm-mm. you? I mean, I... Oh, I, the shame. I have played Street Fighter, but I could not tell you which game it was or who I played or who I picked or if I won or if I lost. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Street Fighter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, fun fact about that game, that they originally wanted Mike Tyson in the game, but because yeah. he, because he had already because they had made Super Punch Out, his likeness was licensed to that, so they couldn't. So, for anybody that's ever played the game, um, you pick one of eight fighters. You have to beat all the other fighters, and then you have three mini bosses, and then a final boss. Well, one of the mini bosses is basically Mike Tyson. He's a boxer. Um, he can't t- do any kicks. He just punches really, really hard and really fast. And they called him Balrog. Or Balrog. Like uh. in uh, Lord of the Rings. But the final boss, as an O to, it was originally going to be Mike Tyson, became M. Bison. What? <laughs> yeah. That's where the name comes from. It was they couldn't go with Mike Tyson, so they decided they came up with something close. Bye, son. But that was that was a fun one too. I had to do. I could only do it as Ken. Ken was the only player I could beat the game with. Okay. I couldn't do it with anybody else. I don't know who Ken is. He's he's a Barbie doll to me. So I just looked up a picture. It's a side by side. 1999 Spyro versus 2018 Spyro. And that's the that's the opening. So you can tell what all they've changed. It used to be so flat and had like no definition. And now they've got grass. And they threw some boards down for whatever reason. It's just, it's so beautiful. You can talk about graphics. Aside from graphics, what do you think is the biggest difference between games of then and games of now? Story. I feel like there's more story now than there used to be. Because it used to be more based on can you get your little character through the maze. And then, like with Spyro, that was the, one of, that was the first 3D sort of game that I played where you could interact with the world and the world interacted with you, which it was the first game that could do that. There was just a lot more story. Whereas like Super Mario, oh, Peach got kidnapped and you have to go through this castle to get to her and not get killed by all these mushrooms and turtles. (laughs) And then it goes from that to, I mean, the first Spyro, (laughs) technically that was a kidnapping too, sort of. All of the dragons got frozen. So then Spyro had to go around and unfreeze them and wake them up, essentially. But there was still a lot more story interaction. And then there were, like, outside of just unfreezing the things, there were side quests that you could do to get more things. or And there were some places that you just... I feel like... I know one of the big things that changes, like, obviously, you know, games can get away with a lot more than they used to. We were talking about Mortal Kombat earlier, and the outrage over those first few games where somebody was set on fire 
And that was just horrendous. That was just, oh, so god-awfully terribly violent for children. Versus now, it's, you know, you have people exploding, decapitated, bones broken, organs crushed, all these other things, and it's just par for the course. Yeah. But I think, I think the biggest shift has just been that when we were kids, video games were for kids. It was a kid's thing. Yeah. If you were of a certain age and you were still playing video games, something was wrong. There's still that. There's still a little bit of that connotation a to little, it. A little bit, but not as much. Especially now with multiplayer games and online the play, the league stuff like Overwatch League and these StarCraft tournaments and things like that. I mean, we've gone from you know, you're playing video games in your bedroom and maybe having a couple friends over for. Like, I mean, I this is before LAN parties. Like the most you get was maybe four people playing on a split screen doing something like Mario Kart or GoldenEye to you know, Overwatch League is being televised on ABC and ESPN. And that's just the coolest thing, that it's gone that far. Um, Twitch. Yeah. I mean, people are sitting and spending time watching other people play video games. It's, it's very entertaining. It is. I, I love one of the games that I like. I'm going to sidestep a little bit. But one of the things that I like to watch is uh, John Green has this, he plays on, uh, I think it's Hank's channel is Mm -hmm. the name of the YouTube, but they just play video games and it's either him or his brother. Well, (laughs) he does this pacifism run on No Man's Sky. Huh. And I think he does it for something else, too. And I don't remember what it was. But I remember he had created this character named Franklin. And he was searching the universe to try and figure out what Franklin's purpose was. And I watched this. (laughs) He hasn't uploaded in a long time, but... Yeah. And I don't think he will, but... I I liked watching that. That in the pacifism run, uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, um, the World of Peacecraft that Griffin McElroy does. Yes. That was good. That was fun. I feel like, too, we were talking about games for kids, and we were talking about how hard those games were. When I was, when I worked in retail, I worked in electronics, and I sold video games to parents who were coming by for their kids, and a lot of them would come in and... You know, whatever big movie that had just come out would almost invariably make a video game. And parents would come up and go, oh, is this a good game? And I would honestly tell them, no, it's not. Because nine times out of ten, it wasn't. It was just a generic you know, platformer that somebody put ten minutes into and slapped a skin on it and said, look, it's you know, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Or you know, it's whatever the big animated movie was. Versus back then, they were still doing that same thing. Because I remember playing the Toy Story games and the Super Star Wars games on Super Nintendo. And um, going over to my neighbors and playing Aladdin and The Lion King on their Sega Genesis. But my god, those games were hard. (laughs) Just unbearably hard. And I remember reading an article a little while back talking about 
those games were specifically designed to be that hard. And in some cases, they were a little bit broken. And I remember as a kid, you know, you would lose and you get mad and you'd say, oh, the game cheated. And my parents <laughs> it saying, did. It did. My parents would say, well, there's no way. It's a game. It's a computer. It can't possibly cheat. That's not a thing it can do. And then years later, like, no, the computers actually were cheating a little bit. They would have special attacks that couldn't be blocked or ways to get around it. Or it was just like, hey, you can't actually navigate this level. We kind of broke it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some... It was Trial by Fire. There was some game. I don't remember what it was, but it was for the PlayStation 2. We were watching one of those Watch Mojo things. And if you connected this game to the internet and tried to request somebody or if they requested you and they just put in a bunch of gibberish they would basically break your game if you tried to open it Ugh. yeah and people would do it on purpose that's cruel that is cruel that's just cruel why you gotta do that I'm going to jump to PlayStation 2 for a second. Um, I just want to list off some of the games that I played on there. Because that's that's one of the later ones. I got it at 11, but I played it pretty much through middle school and high school. But I'm going to focus. I had all of these games when I was still in middle school. But I had The Herbs. So that was The Sims, but it was The Herbs. And best thing about that game is, uh, which I thought was hilarious, is the Black Eyed Peas were in it. But they would sing as Sims. And they were put in the game. So you could go around and find Fergie. You could go around and find Apple the App. Yeah. And they're just singing Simlish. Well, they had their songs recorded into the game. So you would just hear their songs in Simlish. Okay. So in the gibberish language, it's an improvement. <laughs> Come on now. Maybe, maybe I have no taste, but I like the Black Eyed Peas. I didn't say you have no taste. I just said the Black Eyed Peas. Moving on to better music. <laughs> I also played Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Ah, yeah. That's a lot better. That had some of the best music around. And I loved it. It was one of the, I think it was one of the first games I had where it didn't have a loading screen. That's right. You could run from one world to the next down these long tunnels. But there was no loading screen unless you jumped on the bus or something. But you could just run from one one little area to the next and not have to deal with a loading screen. And I loved that. I would play that game for hours and hours and hours Hmm. we used to do something like that on the nintendo 64 when super mario 64 came out because when the game starts uh, mario's head pops up and he does that it's a me mario it's a me mario yeah and you press start to play well one of the features was you could click on his face and drag his face around so we would just do that. Not even play the game for a little while and just spend a good half an hour pulling out his ears, pulling up his nose, pulling his mustache off, pulling his hat back, and just, 
and making like the most grotesque faces we could. That's like in the uh, the we in the was it the character creation? What's it the called? The me. The me. Yeah. Where you just like play with like you pick up the characters and hear that and just like yank them all over the place. <laughs> but you talking about uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland made me remember I had the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on the 64. And I played that to the point where I still have the cartridge, but you can see where the sticker on the front of it has worn away from where it was pulled out and reinserted into the console so many times. There's a streak where the label is worn away. And yeah, I would do that same thing. I would just sit there and play it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours trying to get all the achievements and listening to the soundtrack because you could customize the soundtrack a little bit. You could say, hey, don't play this song, but keep this one playing so you could cut it down. And that's what I would do. I would cut it down to maybe three or four that I really, really liked and just keep those on a loop. I'm pretty sure uh, American Wasteland did that too. Yeah. Because I, I, okay, yeah, I remember, I remember doing that. There was another game, but it was a PSP game, a snowboarder PSP game that you could do the same thing. I also played Crazy Taxi. Oh. I love Crazy Taxi, but my favorite thing that I did about Crazy Taxi, and I don't know exactly how I figured this out, (laughs) but, um, so I would always play for the 10-minute run, but uh, one of the things that I figured out is, now this was on PlayStation 2, I would hit eject while the game was still playing, and then I it would still play. You could still drive your car around. But as time went on, things started to disappear, like the buildings, and then the road. But you could still drive around. Your car was still visible. You could still drive around. So I would start it, play it, get into the little thing where it was playable, and then I'd hit eject, (laughs) and I'd try to pick up customers (laughs) like that. (laughs) Oh, I'm insane. But that, that was my favorite thing to do. Now, I have it. On the PS4, I bought it uh, digitally, but I still have my PlayStation 2 one, and I I bet you right now I could go down there, plug it in, and do the same thing. <laughs> it was a weird, unintentional hack slash, I don't know. Glitch, yeah. Challenge. I remember. It was the invisible <laughs> crazy taxi challenge. I remember the 64 had a glitch, and they always warned you. It was in the manuals for every game. And it would say, when turning game on, make sure joystick is in an upright position. If the joystick on the N64 was at an angle when you started up the game, either one of two things would happen. One, you would get to the main menu, and it would just be constantly scrolling through. Or, if the game didn't have a main menu, as soon as you started, your character would just be running around in circles. <laughs> now, I experienced that a little bit, but that was because I had some funky controllers. They were like, they were PlayStation 2 controllers, which you could use on PlayStation or PlayStation 2. PlayStation brand. They're just some off-brand. Yeah. <laughs> And 
one of my favorite ones, which I hated that it did this, but it was ergonomical that it would it essentially fit to your hand, like the the right or not right the um, the middle finger triggers mm-hmm. were like set in, and then the pointer triggers were just where you, they normally would be, so it fit to your hand. But if if you were touching the joystick at all when the game was turning on, no matter what game it was, it would just scroll through and just click, 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 click. Mm. I love that controller. I still have it, but it was a little janky. Yeah, secondhand electronics usually are. I remember I never had an issue with the controller. But I do remember, again, back in the N64 days, you had an option. You could either have a memory card inserted into your controller that you could save the games, and then if you went to go play with somebody else, you could have the saves pop into your controller and play it that way. Or you had the rumble pack, which you inserted into the back of the controller like a cartridge and a gun, and that's how your controller shook. And it only worked on certain games, and it would tell you, you know, Rumble Pack compatible, so stuff like Star Fox, it would say, hey, use the Rumble Pack, and if you crashed or somebody shot you, the controller would shake. And that was so cool, but you couldn't have both at the same time. And I found like a knock, Japanese knockoff at Toys R Us that promised to do both. And it had a little switch on the side, and you flipped it to one side for memory and the other side to rumble. And... So you could have half of each, and they both worked about half as well as a normal one would. <laughs> because the rumble felt like more like a faint tickle. It's kind of like, you know, when you get that phantom feeling of, did my phone vibrate or not? It was about like that. And then the memory card was corrupted half the time. And so, oh, sorry, we couldn't find the file. So it was a nice idea, but it didn't last. And fortunately, Nintendo eventually figured out, hey, we can do both. Yeah. Another game that... Um I played a lot was DDR. Oh, yeah. Speaking of arcades. Yeah, I played a lot of DDR, but I played it kind of later in high school. So I won't necessarily go into detail with that, but that was fun. Yeah. That was... I was never good at it, but I do remember going to the mall and going to the arcade and just watching the people lined up to play it. And that was the first time I'd ever seen that many people flocking to an arcade game before. Now, I've never seen that. Ever. I just had it on my PlayStation and I'd play at home. <laughs> I didn't need to go out and play with other people. Yeah. I mean, I eventually had my own, but I just remember seeing that. And like I said, I was never good at it. I could do it on easy, maybe do it on medium, but that was about it. Yeah, my poor Matt, now that I have, is just... I think it's it's dying slowly. It doesn't always work. You hit the you hit the button or you hit you go to stomp on something it doesn't pick it up every time. Yeah. Or it'll do the scroll thing where it just clicks. Click 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 click. Just scrolling through. Yeah. So one last question. What's something you miss from these old games over the newer ones? Easier cheats. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That's very true. I mean, not to take it back to uh, GTA 3, but I was able to print out 
Yeah. The thing, and then just as I'm playing, hit, like, do all the combos to get the cheats. Now, I figured out very quickly, do not be in a car while you do a cheat. No. And do not be driving, because you'll die. <laughs> but, yeah, the easier cheats. Yeah. And there actually were cheats then, as well yeah. now. Because now it's... Now it's more mods than It's anything. more mods, but it's... You go on a, a website now and say, hey, how do I unlock this character? And for a game back then, it was, well, if you go to the pause menu, or if you start the game and while it's paused, you hold down the left trigger and then press X, Y, A, B, 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 Y, it unlocks this character. Now if you try to do that, hey, how do I unlock this character? Microtransaction. Microtransaction or beat the game. Yeah. So it's like, thanks for that little bit of advice. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I, I will say that's that's another one is the microtransactions. Yeah. I'm not crazy about the microtransactions. That was going to be mine was that the games back then were simpler. That you could just take the game, pop it in, and play it. And you didn't have to worry about online play, content downloads, you know, going through, like you said, microtransactions and signing license agreements and things like that. But also getting to play with other people. And I know, of course, now you know you have multiplayer, you have online, and you can get you know several hundred people playing together. But it's just not the same as getting maybe two or three of your closest friends together in one room and sharing one TV huddled around you know, a console that had maybe 10-foot cords. Yeah. And just being that, nothing beats that. Nothing will ever beat that. But we have the Switch. That's the switch. <laughs> we can do that with the switch. It's about the only one you can anymore. I have very few complaints about new versus old, but yeah, microtransactions and better cheats. Yeah. So, game developers, if you're listening, take our advice: get rid of microtransactions. Add more cheats. cheats. <laughs> Pimp those socials time. We are. At Geek to Me Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook group. We also have Capital G Geek, the number two, Capital M for me, Capital P for podcast. That is our Facebook page. So that's Geek to Me Podcast, just all capital letters where you think the capital letters should be. Okay. We are going to end this podcast with a shower thought. This was posted by Bitch Lasagna. There's some uh, numbers in there. But this is what their shower thought was. The biggest perk of bloodbending is control over boners. (laughs) For good or evil. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. I am Libby. And I'm Casey. This has been the Geek to Me podcast. Until next time, go geek out. This is Libby and KK here to give a shout out to Bradley and Trenton. Their podcast is Co-op Mode Podcast. You can find them on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. You can follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Co-op Mode Podcast. That's Co-op Mode Podcast. Thanks for listening.